0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I am D-Ray, the producer, and this is the Liftoff Indie Music Podcast here on Blast BlastMusic247.com. Welcome, 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 welcome. And for another exciting podcast where we get to talk, up to talk to emerging artists and independent artists and talk about their music and talk about their craft. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm flying solo today. So it's a little weird, you know you know we'll get through it we'll get through it we do send a shout out to uh miss banks you know this is one of those uh episodes that i'm glad she's not here because the 49ers are in the super bowl and she just would have been unbearable to deal with so um shout out to you co-host i hope you see this anyway um i'm excited to bring on uh, an artist that i met recently and you know, she has a very eclectic sound, um, something a little bit of Diane Crawl, a little bit of um, Annie DeFranco. And for those of you who don't know who Annie DeFranco is, maybe we'll go into that a little bit later. But my new friend, uh, Linda Marks, uh, she came out with a project uh, earlier this this year, um, beginning of January. So we're going to bring her on to talk about that and to talk about her pursuits into the music business. So without further ado, I introduce to you all Linda Marks on the liftoff. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hi
1: there. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Great. That is great. I'm so happy that you're here on the liftoff indie music podcast. So let's get started. Um, Miss Marks, where are you from originally?
1: I'm originally from Brookline, Massachusetts, which is a suburb of Boston. Actually, I was, my house was literally on the borderline between Brighton and Brookline. There was one house that was cut in half and I was next to it. So <laughs> one can say I'm from Brookline, Brighton, literally. I live in Waltham, Massachusetts now, which is a little northwest of Boston.
0: All right, all right, all right. And so what got you started in music? What What was the the beginning of the Lyndon Marks music career?
1: Well, the very beginning was being a little girl who didn't talk until I was three, but would toddle as a toddler to any piano I could find and just starting to play and write music. What I say is music is my first language and my native language, Mm. and it's been in my heart and my soul since I was born. So the story of what I did with it is a much longer story, but where everything began was a little girl and actually i could say a little girl with a love affair for the piano
0: Mm. you know that's something i think we can relate to because um not a lot of people know um because you know i don't tell people my business but um when i was younger i didn't talk um until like maybe you know one two ish somewhere around in there and uh, (laughs) and as my 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 family would say once i started i I didn't shut up but um but yeah i had a love affair with music as well i was naturally drawn to instruments and things that made noise and especially the record player and things like that and so um so yeah that's something we can definitely relate on um what was the so you you briefly mentioned the piano um was that the first instrument that you really played seriously or were you in no. band or what was i that?
1: didn't have a piano when i was a little girl my first word was piano and i kept begging my parents for piano and my mm. father unfortunately whose mom had been a musician his, he would always say music is a waste of a good mind. He'd always like try to get it out of me, but it doesn't work. Like if that's who you are, it's there. And Absolutely. I actually have my 15th studio album, which will come out January 1st, 2025. The title song for that album is called The Silence of the Stars, which is a story of the little girl's love affair with the piano and how wow. I finally got my piano and finally countered my father's voice railing on about how music is a waste of a good mind because his daughter was a musician whether he liked Mm. it or not. So my first instrument when I was like two or three was the recorder because there was a free program at the Longy School of Music in Cambridge and Mm -hmm. my mom couldn't help but notice that all her daughter kept saying was piano, piano, piano and -hmm. anytime there was music would be moving and dancing. So Mm -hmm. my mom found this free recorder program that I was in And the people there told my parents that I was gifted and talented and should encourage me. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. that made my father all the more stubborn about no. So then there was a free operative word Suzuki violin program in my school. And even though I had no interest in the violin, I did it just because Mm -hmm. it was at least music. Mm -hmm. And even though I was good at it, I wasn't interested. And then I became the girl drummer in my grammar school band because I always had a sense of the rhythm. And that was really fun. have Mm -hmm. a girl drummer back in those days was pretty unusual Mm -hmm. and then when i was 11 i'd saved up enough money to buy an acoustic guitar um and i bought my guitar with well i basically walked down to my parents and said i've saved up enough money for a guitar i found a place that had a flood sale so the prices i can afford drive me so (laughs) then i started teaching myself guitar and when i was 13 I'd finally saved up enough money to buy a piano and I'd located a piano just like in the old Roadrunner cartoons with Wile E. Coyote where (laughs) they got everything from Acme Company. I went and I found an Acme piano. I figured if it's good enough for Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, it's good enough for me. Absolutely. I bought a Rick and Sons upright piano. Basically, I told my parents, Here's the piano, here's the address, here's the money, I'm 13, I can't drive, please take me to the store. So awesome. they did, but unfortunately the piano was put on the two-season frozen porch. So most of the time when I'd play, it was freezing, and I mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to play when my father was home. But when he wasn't home, that's where I was. So the long mm-hmm. and short of it is it, it my my music grew, and I didn't get a piano until I was 13. And mm-hmm. once I got the piano, I never looked back.
0: So... And we we really don't have to get too deep into this, but it does. It does sort of touch on the pursuits and some of the trials and tribulations of being an independent artist. Mm -hmm. Why do you think your father was so opposed to, you know, you being a musician?
1: Because he was scared. Mm. He was afraid that I wouldn't be able to make a living Mm. and That had nothing to do with being a musician or not to me like I knew like when I was in my well, when I was in college and I went to college, I was a music major and Mm -hmm. I co-founded a singing group that's still around and I, I ran a cafe and I both played and I also, you know, brought other musicians into this cafe. And it was Mm -hmm. already clear there was no money in music. And when I graduated from college and went to grad school in the Boston area and founded an artist alliance group and produced multimedia concerts, and Mm -hmm. even got to play at the top club, you know, at 21, Mm -hmm. um, and had my first album come out around then to critical acclaim, it was very clear there was no money in music. But there was more (laughs) money in music then than there is now. (laughs) Very true. I basically I've always had to have two careers, you know, Mm -hmm. one where I can pay my rent so that I can survive. And there was a period of time I couldn't do music because I raised my now 27 year old as a single mom from when he was two and three quarters forward. Mm -hmm. So there was a period of a couple decades where I just couldn't do it Mm because to be a single mom, pay the bills, you know, then I had a mom with Alzheimer's and be a professional musician, you can't do it all. So I, I talk about two chapters of musicianship, you know, my mm-hmm. first chapter when I was younger. And then when my son was 12, I started creeping back in. And when my mm-hmm. mom died about 10 years ago, I gave it a thousand percent since.
0: Let me just say sorry for your loss, even though it's been Thank 10 you. years ago. Uh, you know that, you know, we I, I know how that is. I really do. Um, so who were or who are? some of your musical influences who are some of the people that you listen to you know because i think musicians are a little different than the average you know music listener you know yeah we can listen for fun sometimes but most of the time when we listen we're actually listening for stuff that we could actually do so you know what i mean so it's almost like we're kind of learning so in that case and in that sense what who are some of the artists that you listen to and learn from
1: well, we can go back to when I was a little kid and we can move to now because mm-hmm. I've always had a very eclectic taste, just like I write in a lot of different genres. I've listened in lots of genres and I just plain love good music. And I love music where you can feel the person is really in it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a little kid growing up, um, Dion Warwick, I love Dion Warwick. And therefore, I learned every single song by Burt Bacharach and Hal David. I've recorded a few of them. So Dionne Warwick really had a gift of delivering a song with heart and soul. So mm-hmm. she was a huge influence on me when I was a little girl. And when I started to write music, there were certainly little elements of Backtrack and David in mm-hmm. the, the music. Um, Whitney Houston was mm-hmm. another person who put her heart and soul in. she died mm-hmm. tragically. Her life mm-hmm. was really hard, but mm-hmm. she really knew how to deliver a song. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was very little, it was when the singer songwriter movement started, so Mm -hmm. Carole King, Mm -hmm. um, James Taylor, Gordon Lightfoot, because I have blonde curly hair, everyone used to say, oh, and I play the piano that I should do Carole King shows. I actually eventually did do a Carole King show and I've recorded Mm -hmm. some of her music. But one of the funniest things was when a colleague of mine photoshopped a picture of my face into Carol King's hair in a gig with James Taylor and everyone thought that I had a gig with James Taylor. But anyhow, <laughs> how could I not appreciate Carol King both Absolutely. because you know I was a little kid and she wrote some really beautiful songs but also as a curly-haired blonde piano player, that was a natural. I mm. loved um Harry Belafonte. You know, I loved Calypso music. Um, Mm -hmm. I loved Santana. I loved Mm -hmm. Earl Clue. I loved Mm -hmm. Earl Clue. He was just so fantastic. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, Pete Seeger and the classic folk, um, You know, I basically, I there were Broadway musicals like Pippin, I love Ben Vereen, mm-hmm. you know, so uh-huh. I would listen to all kinds of music, anything I could get my hands on, of course, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a little kid, that's when the Beatles and the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. were out, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, it's so I could go on and on and on. But as mm-hmm. an adult, besides listening to friends of mine in the singer songwriter world, so there are many, many people in that world. I loved Skullers Jazz Club in Boston. Um, mm-hmm. When my son was pretty little, I'd start bringing him to shows there. So instead of going to sleep with your basic music of the day, he'd mm-hmm. listen to like Spyro Gyra or the Rivingtons mm-hmm. when he go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyhow, I love saxophone. You know, mm-hmm. I love having saxophone on my recordings. So Scholar's Jazz Club had so many amazing groups with amazing saxophonists. Mm-hmm. And I therefore, you know, that one could call something that I love and and have as an interest. I have written some jazzy songs um, mm-hmm. that I've sprinkled in <clears throat> to some of my albums and mm-hmm. some that are a little Latin jazzy, uh, but Scholar's Jazz Club showcased so many people from as a, the smooth jazz artists, which I absolutely mm-hmm. loved. They even had Christopher Cross come through. Um, I'm trying to remember, oh, Bobby Caldwell. He wrote a lot of songs. He was quite an interesting person, um, but Mm -hmm. he had some beautiful songs and Mm -hmm. would come through um some amazing female jazz performers would come through and i love mm-hmm. to see you know female jazz performers that just really own the stage i love mm-hmm. diana crawl you mentioned mm-hmm. her i think she's fantastic mm-hmm. um and i could name lots of my own colleagues whose music i love and listen to in fact if i go on a trip in my car i have a car that's old enough that i can still play cds because i love cds <laughs> and my soundtrack is the music of my friends
0: love so. it Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Bobby Caldwell and you know, for a lot of black folks, we, there are a lot of black folks that still don't know Bobby Caldwell is white, you know, um, cause yeah. what you won't do for love is like yeah. a staple, you know, exactly in, on smooth jazz, R and B radio. And so, um, Bobby Caldwell, yeah, absolutely. Um, and my kids, I have a, um, nine-year-old and 11-year-old uh, an 18 year old and a 30 year old don't ask wow. me how right um but my 11 year old who is now sort of emerging as this musician I mm. used to put the art of noise when when he was still in the womb mm. I would put my headphones on my wife's belly and play autumn noise for him when he started kicking and so uh fantastic yeah, I was trying to get him, you know, turn him into a musician before he was born. Yeah, I, yeah, I did that. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, um, we're going to play one of your songs from your latest project. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the title is. I don't know. A Recipe for Hope. Yeah. Well, Recipe for Hope is the name of the album. <laughs> Unshameless plug. I can't keep doing that too. Um, so, uh, uh, I don't know the name of the song that we're going to play right now, because I'm going to let our intern pick it, um, ah. and then we'll talk about the title and your process and your writing process afterwards. So, ladies and gentlemen, Linda, Mar- Linda Marks on the Indie Music Podcast, The Liftoff. Let's go.
2: Gracefully you passed, and that is how you live In the distance, your glimmer lives on. There's a sparkling in the room by your picture on the wall. I hear your voice. It's a blessing in song. I'm not afraid of
0: That was a very very pretty song um thank
1: you so much and thank you for choosing it radio often won't play it because it's five minutes long but i love that song and i love the arrangement i'm so grateful you played it
0: absolutely so we're gonna get to that so tell us what the title is
1: it's called love letters in the sky
0: Mm -hmm. and who wrote um um, i guess that should be obvious but um who wrote it who produced it who engineered it who's the team behind it
1: yep I, I'm, I write music and lyrics and I help in the arrangement. Um, I work with, um, Eric Balky of Hudson Harding music and Glenn Mm -hmm. Barrett of morning star studios in Philly. Mm -hmm. Um, Glenn is a multi Grammy award-winning sound engineer Mm -hmm. and, um, Eric helps promote the album and also helps in the production process. It's, it's sort of, it's a collaboration of all of us. Mm-hmm. And um, my violinist is Alan, Alice Hayson, who lives in Memphis. She's a phenomenally talented violinist. She plays on a lot of my recordings and I'm very grateful. She's coming up to Boston in June when I do an album release at a top Boston um, club for this, this album. Mm-hmm. Um, on violin from Maine is, oh my goodness, I'm seeing her printed across my um, eyes. Um, and then, you know, when you see something, but it doesn't come out the moment right, right, right. it will come April, April Reed Cox is her name. She's my cellist.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, there's a wonderful um, team of studio musicians that Glenn works with that are all mm-hmm. teachers at the Berkeley of of Philly. So mm-hmm. um, they're on the album as well. John Conahan, Russ Bellinois. I'll look on the album to give you all the names to give credit where credit's to Chico Huff. Um, let's see, I think I covered everybody um, who's on it. Mm -hmm. And um, I go to Philly to actually do the vocals. What I do when I make an album is I'll do a piano vocal demo up in Boston. I work Mm -hmm. with Doug Hammer at Dream World Production and a few of the songs on this album are ones he and I Mm co-produced. But then for most of them, I've been going to Philly to do the vocals um, once we've got the arrangement in place. And some of them are their studio musicians, some are my musicians that I bring in. But I'm very, very happy with the arrangement on that song.
0: Yeah, so one of the things that we do here on the Liftoff, we do give a very soft rating of songs. We we typically go, excuse me, from A to C. A being something that we really, really liked. C being something like, eh, it might not be for us, but, you know, it could be for someone else. You know, the rule here is that if you were lower than a C, we wouldn't be interviewing you in the first place. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I give that song a very solid b plus because it really took me someplace I'm, and it's weird that song and i'm glad we talked about your influences because i hear the carol king i hear the rhythm so it's kind of one of those songs that i don't know if you remember in the 70s that they had these little, they weren't music videos, but more like little nature exposes that, you know, they were, they would take these things out in nature. Like you would see like, you know, a little stream and you would see little animals and whatever it, that that's the kind of journey that it kind of took me on. And it reminded me of this sort of space that lies between pop music, jazz music, folk music, right in that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just kind of right there in that lane. So, And I could definitely yep. tell that there was some sonic expertise that is vitally important if you are an independent artist. So kudos for you for that particular song. What motivated you to write it?
1: Thank you. Actually, um, I wrote it when a musical colleague of mine, who he and another music co- colleague and I, co-produce a songwriter series called The Loop. It used to be in person before the pandemic, but Mm -hmm. we made it virtual and we are keeping it that way because now we can have songwriters from all over the world. They don't have to just be in the Boston area, but his name is John O'Leary. He was quite an extraordinary person and um, he mentored a young, Singer who is very special. You know, I did a little mentoring, but he was her godfather and he has helped her blossom into an amazing singer. Today is her 21st birthday. Her Mm -hmm. name is Abigail Arndt. And the two of them would go play and sing together. But John um, got COVID Mm -hmm. and went into the hospital with pneumonia and they discovered he had lung cancer. Mm -hmm. So he passed very quickly. Mm -hmm. A huge loss for many, many, many of us because he was a very special person as well as Mm -hmm. musician. Mm -hmm. And I had the image when he passed of him watching over us, writing love letters in the sky. He's that kind of person. So Mm -hmm. I wrote it for John. And then um, also uh, another singer-songwriter, more of a, I'd call him more of a song stylist. His name was Eric Snake Gillickson. He -hmm. was part of a group called Orpheus, I think in the 60s. And Mm -hmm. they had a song um, that one song that became very, very famous. But then um, they continued to play. And one thing about Snake is if you were to call out a year, any year, he could like that, pull a song out and play it for you. It could be 1842 Mm. or 1973. It wouldn't matter. And he'd (laughs) come up with his own rendition. So he was a very beloved member of the music community. And when he died, it was very very sad, and it was it, right as I was writing the song. Um, so, mm-hmm. anyhow, that's how the song became written.
0: Oh wow! Okay, that's 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 heavy and sad, but also in a way almost joyous. You know, because, it is joyous. Yeah that it, that energy. I don't I don't believe that you know death is the end. I believe that that energy just gets transformed, and so. Um, So listening to that, I can kind of see that, I can kind of hear that. And that was maybe your intention. Yeah.
1: And actually there was a memorial service for John, I think it was in November, and Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to sing it live at his memorial service. It was hard not to cry my way through the song, Mm -hmm. but it did feel like he was in the room. And Mm -hmm. as you said, the joy, he was a very joyous, creative person. He would write Mm -hmm. live letters in the sky and send them Mm -hmm. to us and we could feel him in the room. So you're absolutely right. I believe Mm -hmm. that, when people pass, they're still with us and they watch over us and I had that experience at his memorial service.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So um, right at this very moment, uh, are you strictly piano do you do you branch off and you know still pick up the violin? Um, are you you know and I and also oh, is that Mr. Max?
1: That's Mr. Is Max. That... he always has to get in on the action when there's some <laughs> sort of show going on.
0: And so and don't don't linda don't judge me but you know i told you about my son who is the emerging musician you know he's playing saxophone in school and i tell him that only first chairs can rehearse indoors so um <laughs> and i <laughs> mean it. um so right at this very moment what what instruments do you play what instruments are you comfortable playing and is there something that you would learn like to learn you know to play in the near future
1: Well, um, I never loved violin enough to get good enough to play it. And there are people who that's their passion, like Mm -hmm. Alice Hazen. Jackie Damsky is another phenomenal Mm -hmm. violinist who's played on my albums. So when I see people where that's their passion, I'd much rather have them play than me, (laughs) Absolutely,
0: you know, Um, I feel like we're about singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, I love, love, love writing harmony. I have Mm -hmm. albums where I sing all the harmonies. I write the harmonies and sing them all. So I love doing harmony. That's not quite an instrument, but it's sort of a different dimension. Besides being a lead singer, um, I love arranging for instruments. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say if for me to play an instrument professionally. I would want it to be a total passion that I focus so much energy on that I could do a phenomenal job. Max just no, knocked a whole bunch of stuff under my piano. Um, but so. I, you know, if I had a drum set, I would love to go back to that because I love, love, love being a drummer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I love guitar, but I still play like a 13 year old because that's when I put it down and I've only picked it up here and there.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So I love saxophone, but I think again, it would take a real immersion to get good enough. So. Even though I love instruments, actually, bass is something that would be fun to pick up. I think that one would come pretty naturally Mm because the bass on my piano is like playing a bass, Um, you know, so I love that, too. You know, I I think what I really love, though, is being surrounded by other people playing the instruments Mm -hmm. so I can feel all the textures Mm because I'm only one person and I can sing and play the piano, but I always hear so many other layers. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's really fun to go in the studio with the sound engineer and to Mm -hmm. bring people in and put the layers on and arrange it. Mm -hmm. So I think arranging is one of my deepest passions, along with writing harmonies and um, just being a singer songwriter who plays the piano and sings
0: absolutely because i mean first of all it makes a lot of sense uh that you would learn that you would want to learn to pick up the drums because the piano is a percussive instrument you know um so that makes sense to me and secondly yeah harmonies your your vote your voice is an instrument it is an instrument that sadly a lot of people who uh allegedly can sing don't know Mm -hmm. how to use and so Mm -hmm. um Kudos for you uh, being able to do that as well and, and not have to rely on producers like me who do computer, computer generated harmonies because, you know, for, for whatever reason. So we're at the bottom of the hour. We're going to play our Blast Artist Spotlight, which is the Divine Favor Project with a song called It Takes a Village here on The liftoff. And that was the Divine Favorite Project with It Takes a Village. um, And they are one of the many artists that are on BlastMusic247.com. If you are an independent artist who is ready to get their art out there, go to BlastMusic247, fill out a free profile, and let's get your art out to the community. BlastMusic247.com, changing the industry one artist at a time. And we're back with Miss Linda Marks, multi-award winning singer-songwriter. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Can you name some of the awards? Uh, You know, some of the ones that you care to mention. Some of the awards that you've won?
1: Oh, probably only the most recent ones, because I tend to not make that list. You know, I probably should, but it's, <laughs> right, right, right,
0: it's right, so right, right.
1: hard to remember all of them. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is Sebastian, who's another Siberian kitty cat from the same Hi Sebastian. Breed as Maxi. And he, Hi he decided Sebastian. And he really liked the song, and he came on my lap during the song, so. All um, right. <laughs> yeah, most, very most recently, um, the Closing International Music Awards gave this album, Um, Best Album, which was amazing. It just came out January 1st and it just got an award. And there's a song on this album called September Morn that just won me Best Singer-Songwriter. So that is a very immediate award. Um, The World Songwriting Awards has selected a couple of my songs um, as Best Songs. One called Ghosts, that's going to be on my 2025 album, received Best Alternative Song.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: a song that was on my 2023 Everyday Legends album called I Can Only Imagine mm-hmm. was um, received a Best World Music Award mm-hmm. this past August. I got an award at the International Singer Songwriters Association, um, um, the annual award ceremony. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to go back beyond that, it's like <laughs> I can remember like what just happened, but it's sort of harder to go back. I I actually got honorable mentions for like six or eight songs in the UK songwriting award. Um, So those are just some of the recent ones.
0: Well, we're going to send a special uh, shout out to miss dove who is uh, president of the ESA awards uh, in Atlanta. Um, You know, uh, I myself have been nominated in three categories, Blast Radio 247, which uh, is partnered with Soul Resurrection Music. We've been nominated. Uh, our own uh, Troy Saha has been nominated. And so we we intend to party really, really w- well in, in Atlanta in August, and hopefully we'll get to a chance to meet in person. Absolutely.
1: Um, in fact, I met Troy last year in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. I think I was talking with him when I realized I needed to run and check because I think that the category I was nominated in was coming up and I just ran to my seat and suddenly my name is called and I couldn't believe it. So
0: (laughs) that's awesome. That's awesome. You should have rubbed his head for good luck. You know, I guess it's
1: a good luck omen. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. So can you talk a little bit about validation and, 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 you know, because there are a lot of award ceremonies that pop up. Some of them, like the ESA awards are very good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And some of them you can kind of tell from from a distance that those are just money grabs, right? Yeah. What is it, what, in your mind, when you are, you know, looking at these awards that you're getting, how does that validate you? Or does it validate you as a singer-songwriter?
1: Well, I mean... What it does is it helps validate me to other people, which is sort of sad. You know, most people aren't going to just pick up your new album and listen. Mm-hmm. But if suddenly I'm getting all these awards, then people want to pick up the album and listen. So mm-hmm. it's more of an external validation than for me, you know. For me i'm just an artist and i write from my heart i write songs at the heart of our times i've never fit neatly in a genre box the way you describe love letters in the sky Mm -hmm. is like yeah that's me you know Mm -hmm. i cross over and hit the boundaries of a lot of different genres and any album probably you know different songs fit in different genre boxes so i guess for me validation comes mostly when i've done a show whether it's a virtual live stream show for my almost four year old live stream or in person and someone comes up to me and says the song touch them. That's mm. real validation. Cause I write music to touch people, to bring people together, to bring peace and healing in the world, to bridge divides. Like actually what really is validation cause some of my songs I write, I call anthemic songs that have a chorus to have everybody sing together. Mm. When a room of people is singing the song, that is validation. Cause then I know it's reaching them.
0: Hmm. I agree, so, one one hundred percent.
1: And av- awards are so subjective. Like, I'm grateful when someone likes what I do enough that they do do give me an award but you know unless an award actually looks deeply at who i am and how hard i work and the people i work with which is very few awards they usually just listen some mm-hmm. of them they even have your name off you know they want the lyric sheet without your name and mm-hmm. and i've seen contests where everything is a certain style and mm-hmm. I happen to be a very young baby boomer but that's i'm a very young baby boomer at the end of the baby boom so Mm -hmm. basically i'm in the over 50 generation Mm -hmm. and i'll hear contests where there's not a song from someone over 30. wow yeah you know and that happens and one of the things i've been trying to advocate for is i call it the wisdom of of lived years um, mm-hmm. Through my, I, I run the, um, I said Boston Northeast chapter, and we did a show at one of the local community art centers, the Arlington Center for the Arts, and the show was called Stories to Tell the Wisdom of Live Years, and we showcased six singer-songwriters all over 50, because for mm-hmm. many of us, like the longer we live and the more we hone our craft, the better our music. And it was an amazing show. In fact, the, the Performing Arts Center loved, thought it would be good to have us come back again. So I think it's really important to give visibility and audibility and, vis- and stories. Like, I would love to get a major story in a major publication like the New York Times looking at the wisdom of lived years and the value added by singer-songwriters over 50.
0: I love that. Um, we can continue with this conversation, but I really want to get some more music. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to play something. I don't know. All right. In turn, take it away. This is Linda Marks once again on the lift off. Let's go. decide if that is more of one of those type of songs that you play when you're cleaning up on saturday mornings or on sunday afternoon when you're sipping on some coffee and you might be reading something i can't decide which one but i give it an a either way can you tell us thank you what what the name of that is and what the motivation behind it and and also the personnel yep
1: It's called Jazzen. I was just looking around to see if I have that album here on my, oh, I do. Yay. Mm It's on my 2022 home album, which Mm -hmm. actually this album, all of my albums do very well. My 2023 album is still on the Roots Music Reports um, folk charts over a year after it was released. This one charted very high um, when it came out. And if I can figure out how to open the packaging, I can tell you more of the personnel. The saxophonist on this one is Dave Birkin. I work with two different saxophonists, Willie Sordillo, who's an alto saxophonist, and Dave Birkin, who's a tenor saxophonist. Mm -hmm. This was right in the pocket of Dave Birkin, so he's my saxophonist. And um, a phenomenal bass player who lives in New Jersey, Craig Aiken, who plays Mm -hmm. a lot in the jazz world, is my Mm -hmm. bass player on it. Um, Just trying to see if there are other people I should be naming on this particular track from the album. Um, Somehow, I don't, oh yeah, I think Joe Saborin is playing guitar on it as well. But Mm -hmm. um, I recorded this one with Doug Hammer, my local um, musician. He's a multi-award winning sound engineer and piano composer. He's in Mm -hmm. Lynn, Massachusetts. And he and I have been working together for probably about 15 years. Um, He and I did quite a few albums of my catalog together. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: the inspiration, sometimes music just comes through me. Um, Mm -hmm. I told you how much I loved Scholars Jazz Club, how much Mm -hmm. I love smooth jazz. I mean, I I write all kinds of genres and jazz is one of the things that just comes through me. But it's often not just a straight jazz, it's sort of like a a flavorful, heartful jazz. Mm -hmm. So um, jazzin' was something that just started popping through and it was like really fun and the piano part's really fun. And of course I heard saxophone. So mm-hmm. I will call this just a divinely inspired song that popped through me. And mm-hmm. it always makes my heart warm up and makes me smile and wanna dance when I hear it. So like whether it's Saturday cleaning music or Sunday sipping coffee and reading music or just driving in the car and wanting to sort mm-hmm. of and or uplift my spirit because I wanna feel good song. It's, it's all of those things.
0: I would actually agree because the word that came to mind is whimsical. You know, yes. it's really, really hard to to be sad listening to that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Is, it's almost like it's and it's anti sadness. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um. You know, we're up against the, the clock here. And so what this really tells me is that at some point later on this year, we're going to have to invite you back to, you know, talk about whatever in the new projects you have and, Mm -hmm. and, and shows. But I do want to leave you with one question to answer Mm -hmm. that I think is very, very appropriate uh, with what you just mentioned previously. Does success have an age limit?
1: No. Especially
0: in independent music.
1: No. And even the definition of what success is, is such a personal thing. In my other line of work, I'm a, I'm a heart centered body psychotherapist, mind, body psychotherapy, and I've always loved helping people heal their traumatized hearts and help people fly, find a sense of purpose and vision. I just wrote a song called Lighthouse, which mm-hmm. talks about all of us have a unique light, a unique voice, a unique gift to give to the world. And the more we feel supported to really claim the authenticity of who we are and just bring it into the world, people need to see your light. There are people Mm. waiting to see your light. Absolutely, it has nothing to do with age, background, you know, just the deeper we go into our purpose, you know, and shining the light that we have to shine. There are people Mm -hmm. that need to hear it, feel it, receive it. So no is my answer. And just like the wisdom of lived years, I think the longer we live, particularly for those of us who are basically artists at heart, we just have to be who we are Mm. and success to me is the full commitment to do whatever I can with my art to reach people to touch people it would really be great if I could make enough money as an artist to even pay for making a really high quality album with a multi-Grammy winning sound engineer. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't touch it because on, on the streaming platforms you get 0. .0001 cent and mm-hmm. a building stream spies you coffee. But, you know, it, <laughs> it would be really nice to, to not have to have, work really hard in order to um, be able to do this. But to me, success is just following your heart, and it i hope even beyond when i'm alive that i will be up there writing love letters in the clouds and the sky sending them down through song
0: oh i love that can you tell everyone real quickly where they can find you online uh, your social media platforms and where they mm-hmm. can find your music
1: sure my favorite one is my youtube channel which is lsm heart lsm h-e-a-r-t because i put so much cool stuff there from hey i just wrote a song i'm at my home piano to shows, to studio videos, to lyric videos. Um, so LSM Heart is my very favorite one. On Facebook, I'm Linda Marks Music and Linda Marks. On Twitter or X, I'm LSM Heart. On Instagram, I'm LSM Heart. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Some people actually are using that for music these days. My website is Linda Marks Music. Those are some of, of the ways you can find me.
0: Okay, real quick. I know I know, we're up against the clock, but I have to ask you, the Grammys are next week. Yes. And you happen to be a voting member of the, of the Grammy, of the of Recording Academy. Are there any categories that you pay close attention to during the Grammys? Because me, I usually live stream it. I have people that I comment with and I, I'm always curious about the producer of the year, you know, because mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the things I aspire to be. Um, you know, as far as the grooms are concerned. Is there something that you're going to be paying close attention to this year?
1: Well, the categories that I vote in are the ones that I know best and perform in performance. So like American roots and jazz are two yeah. of the categories that I feel that I'm competent to be doing the judging in, because those are some of my categories. And I also um, there, there's a, a category that has a lot of stuff, including global music in it and New mm-hmm. Age and stuff like that. So um, You know i paid attention to all that but in all truth where i pay the most attention because when i have the privilege and it really is a privilege to listen to so much amazing music and therefore meet people who Mm. are doing amazing music in the first and second round and my own music has been in the first round for a couple of years i i hope at some point i can build the coalition to get the the full nomination in the second round but what i really do is i cheer on my friends i have Mm. friends that are nominated And I want them to win is I love cheering on the independent artist. So whenever I see an independent artist in any category, because one thing that's been lovely is people in every genre have reached out to me from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate. music that people put their hearts and souls into so i'll be there cheering on the independent artists who i know who made a nomination this year
0: well you're going to be another person that i'm inboxing um on messengers like can you believe that actually won but anyway i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up linda marks it was a pleasure talking with you um definitely have to invite you back to talk about music and technology and things of that nature. But we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. This has been the Liftoff Indie Music Podcast. I'm your host, D rate the producer, here on BlastMusic247.com. You guys have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye bye.